The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network right here on Spotify. As you are listening to the plethora of platforms right here on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, on Spotify, Bleaker, and Stitcher. However you listen to our show, wherever you take in our show, thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the show tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlford. It is at AllAndyAlford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford. As the song basically says, it's been a while since I've been on the air. It has been a while since I've been talking sports to you, the fans. And it's been a while since I've been in the studios. It's been about a month. We're getting ready for the busiest sports week ahead. A lot to get into, of course. But it starts off tonight as we kick off the 15th season of All Andy Offer tonight. And I am so happy to be with you on the program tonight as we got a lot to get into, especially with the walleye. Having a brand new look to start next season. While the Jackets begin their drafting. The Reds are feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. The Tigers are surprisingly good. And the Guardians are just the Guardians as usual. And the Mud Hens are so, so wishy-washy. We'll get into that tonight. The PGA is in bed with the Saudis. The U.S. Open was a snooze fest. But the LPGA is still stronger, in my opinion, than the PGA is. We'll get into why I say that here tonight. As the KMP PGA Women's Championship just finished up last night. We'll get into that as we now march to the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach and then the Dana Open at Highland Meadows Golf Course. Lots to talk about tonight. Get the popcorn ready. It's a long edition. We're going to give you everything that we've got for you tonight. And it starts right now on this 15th season of All Andy Alford right here. On the Spotify Podcast Network. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 54 runs in the span. I'm going shut out. The middle. Hit to a home run. Go Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. It's time for all Andy Alfred. And for the first time for season 15, I am so grateful to say I love you guys. And welcome in to the 15th season of all Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me on the Spotify Podcast Network. And you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the All Andy Alfred Network, whether it be on Apple Music, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you get this show, wherever you get this show, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for giving me your time to hear what's happening in my world as well as what's happening in the sports world. As always, you can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And welcome to the show tonight on this, the 26th day of June, the year of our Lord, 2023. We are back, baby, and we are in the studios tonight talking everything tonight. We got a lot to get into tonight, of course. We're going to talk about the LPGA and their and the PGA Women's Championship that just took place. Also, you'll hear my take on the PGA and the live merger that has happened, as well as my thoughts on the U.S. Open as the PGA now heads up to Detroit this weekend for the Rocket Mortgage uh, Rocket Mortgage Challenge. We'll also get into what's happening on the diamond with the Hot Reds, the Good Tigers, and the surprisingly medium-sized Guardians, as well as the Wishy-Washy Mud Hens. Also, got to get into this as well, too. We're going to dive into the Jackets, as well as some NHL news as well, too. But like I said, you can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. So, before we get into the sports, let's do a little housekeeping to get get started to keep you in the loop of what is happening. We are back on the air. Yes, we started this podcast June 3rd, 2009. Yes, 2009, which makes this the 15th season of doing All Andy Alford right here on the new Spotify Podcast Network uh, with the All Andy Alford Network, of course. And so we are grateful for that. And we have done, we have gone through so, we have done so much shows. And, you know, we've go back to the archives. We've looked back at what, what we started with YouTube. We went into YouTube, then me going to Bowling Green and doing the show on WFAL, Falcon Radio, as well as WBGU. And then we took the show then, off, when I left Bowling Green, took the show with me. Went on to Mixcloud and then went on to SoundCloud. Both companies were great to both to both of to us. And then we found the Anchor Network. The Anchor Network let us do what we will do best, and that is perform for you guys. And now with them purchase, being purchased out by Spotify, Spotify Podcast now has the rights to all the podcasts, and we are so grateful for this. So grateful for the opportunity to do these podcasts for you, the listeners, and, uh, you know, just to brighten up your day, just to get, you know, get to know what's happening in the sports world, what's what's going on in my everyday life. But uh, it is truly, truly uh, a pleasure. And now, as we begin the 15th season, we look back at the last 15 years and we think to ourselves, you know, it's been great 15 years. We're going to keep plugging through. We're going to keep going through. And and everybody's asked me the question of why do you keep doing these podcasts? Why do you keep doing these shows? Well, you think about it as an audition tape. You know, if someday somebody's going to listen to this or somebody's going to pass this on, I use this as a resume all the time. I use this, use this platform as a resume to jump on to the next level, either be 
play-by-play for sports or whether it be doing this show on like I don't know like a BCSN or a uh, or, or or some sports network that's you know small you know I love talking about sports I love the I love sports I love hockey I love baseball you don't see that much more talk in baseball anymore with regarding a Fox and ESPN all they want to talk about is the NBA and the NFL I am one of the true people that likes to still talk about baseball on this podcast on the podcast. I'm one of the few that still talks hockey. I'm definitely one of the few that talks about the LPGA and the women in women's golf as well as as golf fully itself. So, you know, and people ask me why do you why is it called all in the offers because it's all about the topics that I like to talk about, sports topics, and you get to hear you get to hear my takes on everything. So that is why All Andy Alford came out. And it was my good friend, my cousin-in-law, Mike Mondragon, who said you had great sports opinions and great sports ideas. You should go and do a show, like a, a podcast. And I thought about it and I said, you know, maybe it's not an idea. He said you should put it on tape, listen to yourself, and that's how All Andy Alford was born. And that's how we've done the show and the big story back in 2009 was the Pittsburgh Penguins playing the Detroit Red Wings in the playoff series in the Stanley Cup final. And I hated both teams at the time. I still hate both teams at the time. And now, 15 years later, we are here in a beautiful studio doing this podcast and talking about sports. And I absolutely love it and I adore it. And I hope you're I hope you're ready to get on the roller coaster, which is the sports world, and to hear what's going to happen going forward with the show. We've got a lot to get into with regarding what's happening around today. But like I said, we're doing housekeeping first. So again, thank you, thank you for the great past 15 years, and on to 15 more, 20 more, 30 more. We'll see how long this podcast is going to run its course. So with that in mind. Of course, we will have our show tonight. Of course, we're taping Thursday. We will have our uh, we'll have another show on Thursday. Also, gotta make mention of this as well. We are planning. We are planning to tape a show either to later later tonight or possibly tomorrow for round for the NHL 2023 draft. Now, the NHL awards are happening as we speak right now. Uh, I'm not gonna get into the NHL awards ceremony. I, I think it's a, I think it's much of a farce in my opinion. With the regard of it, it's great to see like the Lady Bing and the Hart Trophy and everything like that. But you know the the main trophy, which was given out to the Vegas Golden Knights, you know is the big goal. We got that. They they hand out the awards tonight. We get a day off on Tuesday, and we start the 2023 season on Wednesday with the 2023 NHL draft. Now we're planning on having, of course, to talk a little bit of the draft. You'll also hear my mock draft, uh, but we're planning on doing that either after we tape this program tonight and, or possibly tomorrow to tape it for the 2023 entry level NHL draft. So there's that for you. Also. So third and Thursday, we'll have our regular show. Uh, we're planning on having Nick the Money Man Devera on the program. He wants to talk about a lot of things. He wants to dive into some uh, NF- NFL. He wants to talk about the White Sox. He wants to dive into all that. We'll get him on the program on Thursday's edition 
of Wally and the Alfreds when we taped that on Thursday. So there's a programming note. Also, you heard it in the opening. We are going to have full coverage of the Dana Open, the 2023 Dana Open from Highland Meadows Golf Course in beautiful Sylvania, Ohio. It will be taking place. It will be taking place in July, and we will have the full coverage for you right here. Uh, we'll have full coverage, of course, from start to finish. Wednesday, we'll have our special preview edition. Thursday, we will be on the course, yours truly, and Logan Carr will be joining me as well Thursday on the program. He will be getting some takes from around the course as well. So Thursday and Friday, it will be coverage from yours truly. Saturday, I'm stepping out of town. Logan will take over the spot on Saturday. He will give you your your movement day Saturday. And I will be on the air with you Sunday night for the championship coverage. As we will crown the new 2023 Dana Open champion. As uh, Logan will take over the spot on Saturday. So you'll hear a new voice on Saturday give you his opinion of what he saw on the golf course on Saturday at Highland Meadows Golf Course, as well as the updated standings and some player interviews as well, too. So there is that for you. That will be taking place. Also, so we are continuing this show after the Dana Open is done. We will continue doing these podcasts. It will be a show once a week. It will be taped on Thursdays. And we will have it here for you. It will be on the All Andy Alford Network and through the different platforms of the podcast. Once we get into college football season, it will be a two-show week. We'll have our show on Monday as well as our Falcon Friday editions of the podcast as well, too. We will also have our special NFL preview edition, the NHL preview edition, as well as so much more. Right here on the All Andy Elford Network. So if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts right here through the All Andy Elford Network. So welcome in to Season 15 of All Andy Elford. And so with that in mind, let's hit the pond. We last left you. We were talking about the walleye and being eliminated by the Idaho Steelheads. And boy, boy, in the span of a month, the pond has been shooken up. It's time to hit the pond. It's time for the Walleye Roundup. Right here on All Andy Alfred. So when I last left you, of course, the walleye were eliminated from the in the Western Conference final by the Idaho Steelheads, uh, three games to one. Excuse me, four games to one. The Fish eliminated by the Steelheads at the Huntington Center in Game 5 of the Kelly Cup playoffs. And, of course, it, it was a great season for the Fish. It was a highly, you know, highly recommend, highly great season for the team. They did a fantastic job. You know, kudos all around of how great that the team performed. 
and it it paid off. It paid off. A lot of players have now moved on. They uh, a lot of players are, have decided they're going to go play over in in the European leagues. Also going to play in the play also in 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 Europe and in, in the Euro Euro leagues as well as you know our good friend Gordy Meyer has decided that he's going to step away from hockey and pursue his law degree as, at Cleveland State University. Uh, he's still going to be a realtor, but he is stepping away from the game of hockey. So I want to I want to wish congratulations to our good friend Gordy Meyer on the success. And keep up the good work, and uh, thank you again for everything you've done for both me and my wife in our beautiful home. Uh, but the big story out of this whole situation, and I, I told you guys this at the beginning of this playoff run, or at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the playoff run, that Dan Watson was going to be the next coach of Grand Rapids. We knew that, you know, the writing was on the wall. Grand Rapids was eliminated from the playoff run. They fired everybody, their whole entire staff. They fired everybody that they had, gutted it out. And now, you know, they saw, the Red Wing organization saw how great Dan Watson led this walleye team and decided to promote within. And it was a great move. I believe it's a great move for the Detroit Red Wing organization to have Dan Watson take the next step up and to become an AHL coach. And he deserves an opportunity. He's played in the AHL. He played He played great in the AHL. And I, I, I think it, it's just a, a great opportunity for him. Now, the question is, after Watson is now left, it was reported today that he did not take any of his staff, any of his staff with him to Grand Rapids. So Auden Hirschfield and the the other assistant coach, and I, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. I've got to look, look it up for you guys as I'm talk as I'm talking right now. Um, they are going to stay in Toledo. They're going to stay in Toledo as the there, uh, Watson's headed to Grand Rapids, and Hirschfield and the other assistant coach will not be joining, not be joining the team. They won't be joining the team. Auden Hirschfield and Brett Bain is the other assistant coach. Brett Bain is the other assistant coach, but Auden Hirschfield, of course, played with the wall, played with the wall life. For the 2013-2014 campaign, uh, the season was cut short due to the injury that he had. He had over 200 games career with the Walleye, scored 59 goals and 94 assists. Uh, Brett Bain, of course, is the assistant coach. Now, the question I pose to this is, who is the next coach? I don't think that Auden Hirschfield is going to be the next coach. I don't think Brett Bain is the next coach. Uh, The question I have, the question I have is, who is it going to be? Because you know that the walleye are going to have to go out and get get this coach. Because he's got to start recruiting the players and start signing players. True that the season has just ended, and you're getting into the, you know, the NHL is going to start their draft here. 
and some of the players from that draft could come down to Toledo. We had that happen with Sebastian Gosa this season. The question I have is who is the coach? Who's going to be the next leader on the bench? I've got a couple people in mind, I think of. And, you know, I I, I just am gonna put this out there. I'm just gonna put this out there. I had I had I've had I put it out there on the Facebook page. You can go back and take a look at it. I think I think the cot the 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 coach from South Carolina. Coach from South Carolina. Forget his name off the top of my head. That we were talking about for the longest period of time. We were talking about for the longest period of time. Oh my goodness. I had it pulled up here as we're doing this show live. Um, let's see here. South Carolina's head coach, uh, Brendan Kotick. Brennan Kotick was talked that he was going to be the next coach from Toledo. And there's been a lot of talk about that. There's been a lot of talk about it. There's also been talk of the Adrian College hockey coach being also the head coach of the Walleye. I think there is a gentleman that I believe that should be the head coach of this team. And I'm going to say this name. And I don't want people to laugh at this, but I think it would be a fit for this team and it would be a fit for this organization. Claude Noel. Think about it for a second, folks. He has NHL experience with coaching, coaching with the Columbus Blue Jackets as well as coaching with the Winnipeg Jets. He also was a former coach of the Toledo Storm. He used to play with the Toledo Gold Diggers. He knows the old IHL. He used to play with the with the Kalamazoo Wings. He is going to be a Toledo Hockey Hall of Famer, in my opinion, because the Hall of Fame ballots are out now, and I'll get to those here in just a second. Because I have I have I have thought the committee did a fantastic job in the nominees for this season. And I'll get into that in just a second because of that. But I think Claude Noel would be a good fit for this team. In 2004, he was the coach of the Toledo Storm, led them into the playoffs. He was a coach, in, he was a coach in, also with the Storm in 05, led them to the playoffs, of course, as well. And then it became, then he got hired in as an assistant coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then, then, of course, the firing of. The firing of Ken Hitchcock happened. That became Claude Noel's opportunity. He took advantage of that. Coached a season with the Jackets. The Jackets decided to go with a different approach. Winnipeg picked up the call, picked him up. Coached, he coached Winnipeg for a couple seasons, including the season they moved back to Winnipeg, the season they moved back into Winnipeg. So to that I say it would be a good fit for him. It would be a tremendously good fit for him to go to the Toledo Walleye, and I think it would be a. I, I, if I was Neil Newcomb, I would honestly offer the opinion. I know, I know you're going to say to me when he was here for the uh, the Hall of Fame 
the Hall of Fame situation with the 81, 82, 82, 83 Toledo Gold Diggers. He was here. He knows what this building looks like now. He knows what this talented team looks like. So why not give him the opportunity? I think Claude Noel would be a fantastic coach for our Toledo Walleye. Plain simple. Now, getting back really quickly to the whole situation with the Toledo Hockey Hall of Fame and the Hockey Hall of Fame situation. I think the committee did a great job, and I know Dan Savick does a fantastic job, and if Dan, you're listening to this podcast, I think he did a fantastic job with this. I think this team, I think this team is going to be, this, the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame inductions and all everything like that, I think it was a fantastic bid. A fantastic bidding. I'm trying to pull up the list as as I'm talking. To you guys. I mean it was a it's a great list. Here it is. And you have you the fans have until the third of July to vote on this list. And here are the nominees. And this is a great nominee class. Derek Booth. Gordy Cowan. Ian Duncan. Lenny Forday. Jason Gantley. Mike Greeter. Norm Gerke. Alex Hicks. Alexander Jacques. Bill Joyce. Jack Kernan, Brian Kinsella, Jeff Lurg from the Toledo Walleye, Dino Moscato, Stan the Cook Maxwell, who I aforementioned said, Claude Noel from the Toledo Storm and Toledo Gold Diggers, Barney O'Call from the Mercury and the Blade and the and the Buckeyes, Nick Perillo. Evan Rankin, Dick Pontello, Terry Slater, Andy Suey. That's a big one. That's a big one. And here's the two. I I I I am fine. I am glad that Dan Savick and the crew got this one right. Rob Thorpe and Andrew Williamson. Williamson is a was a great player. His 190 goals and 326 points in 250 games played ranked second in goals and points in Toledo hockey history. He was named the most valuable player in 2000. He was named twice as a first-team All-Star. Williamson, five-year career with the Storm, Included a pair of 50 plus goal seasons, including the 1999 2000 season where he scored 63 goals in 63 games. You want me to tell me that he's not a hockey hall of famer there? Put Williamson in the hall of fame. I'll give you another one the captain, Rob Thorpe. 
The winger from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, played six seasons with the Toledo Storm from 1996 to 2002. He's third on the all-time scoring list for the Toledo Storm with 328 points in 364 regular seasons, games, with the Storm. That's 183 goals and 145 assists. And he's not a Toledo Hockey Hall of Famer. You're not going to tell me that? Andy Suey, defenseman from Detroit, Michigan. He was the key cog into the storm winning the back-to-back Riley Cups in 93 and 94. The last hockey championship in this city. He played 134 regular season games with the storm. From 92 to 98, 10 goals, 30 assists, and 372 penalty minutes. He also had four goals and eight assists in 29 playoff games. Okay? That's not a, that's not a Hockey Hall of Famer right there? Alexander Jacques, the right winger from Lavelle, Quebec, Canada, appeared in eight, 183 games with the Storm from 97 to 98, and then again in 2000 to 2004, eighth on the all-time Storm leader. 85 goals, 91 assists, 176 points. Non-Hockey Hall of Famer. Bill Joyce, the legend. Four seasons with the Diggers. Capturing the 82-83 back-to-back championship. Six in all-time scoring for the Diggers. For 111 goals, 166 assists with 238 regular seasons games. 14 goals and 26 assists in 36 playoff games. He's not a Hockey Hall of Famer. Alex Hicks, left winger from Calgary. Two seasons, 92 to 94. Helped the Storm with the back-to-back Riley Cups. Scored 57 goals in eight, 83 assists in 112 regular season games. Along with 15 goals and 20 assists in 30, in 30 playoff games. He then went on to the NHL to play 258 games from 95 to 2000 with Anaheim, Pittsburgh, San Jose, and Florida. Not a Hockey Hall of Famer. And then Ian Duncan. What can I say about Dunkey? The left winger from Toronto played four seasons with the Winnipeg Jets from 87 to 91 before playing three seasons with the Storm from 92 to 95, helping the Storm win the Riley Cup in 93 and 94. 55 goals, 92 assists in 95 regular season games, as well as 16 goals and 32 assists in playoffs. You know what I mean? Tell me he's not a Hockey Hall of Famer. So, for me, my ballot looks like this. and Rankin and Lurk, you know, are going in no matter what the situation. It's not going to be on this ballot. I think they could. I think they need another year. I think they need another year. If this is a fan, fan poll and this is this fan talking, Williamson, Thorpe, Greeter, the three, those three. Get those three in there. Get those ballots. Stuff those ballots. July 3rd is the cutoff date for that. So there's that for you. 
And then we get into also uh, the ECHL as a whole. How about this, though? You know, you, you, Idaho goes in, beats us, wins the series four games to one. They go to play Florida, who are the defending champions, who just limp their way in, and they limp their way in to the playoffs. You mean to tell me that Florida swept Idaho in four straight games? Four straight games. Took two out there in Idaho. Didn't hear about the bed situation out there or anything bad out there. Come back to win four. Win four straight against Steelheads. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So... The ECHL season is done. We wish Watson the best in Grand Rapids. Don't I'm not going to wish him the best when he plays Cleveland. Because I love the Monsters. I love the Monsters. And I wish all the players that are going to Europe, or as well as moving on with their hockey careers, the best, including my good friend Gordy Meyer as well. So there is your final walleye roundup to get you set up for the End of the 22-23 season and the 23 playoffs. You're listening it all tonight right here on the All ADL for Network, either on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Now let's dive into the other hockey team, of course. Let's talk and let's go into the Jacket Report. It's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the latest Jackets report right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest Jackets report right here on All Andy Alfred. And, of course, the Jackets season ended a while ago. But, of course, the big stories for the Jackets are that they have signed a couple players going into this upcoming 23-24 season. And it's they're pretty big. It's a pretty big signing, a couple big signings for the Jackets. But the question is the head coaching situation. Now, we do know. I think offhand, we already think. I think we already know who our head coach is going to be. And it was reported during the Stanley Cup playoffs that the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets are talking right now on signing Mike Babcock. That's the next head coach of our. Columbus Blue Jackets. Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock. Okay. Let me digest this. And let me talk to you about this. Let me talk to you. In the words of LA Knight. Yeah. Mike Babcock. As the next coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. This isn't going to be well. I I like the pedigree that Yarmo has gone out to get. I like that we're going after this guy. And he's going to be the coach for our team. Hasn't, hasn't signed anything yet. It's not put to paper yet. 
but it's it's leaning because Toronto still owes him money. I I I I'm just shocked at this. Absolutely shocked at this. And I just don't know if this is going to, if this is the fit. If this is the fit for this team. I really don't know. I think I think it will be. It has to be. Especially with all the moves that are coming for this team. I think it, it, it has to be done. It has to be done. And the Jackets made some moves with Yarmo in mind. Of course, the big one was on June 6th. The Jackets signed defenseman Ivan Provorov from the Flyers in a three-team trade. It also included the Kings requiring Cal Penderson and defenseman Sean Walker, Edge Grants, a first-round pick in the 23 draft, a second-round pick in the 24 draft, and a conditional second-round pick in the 24 draft, while Los Angeles gets defenseman Kevin Connaughton and forward Hayden Hodgins and 30% of Ivan Provorov's contract. So there's that. So it helps out the Jackets in Rome. But that was the big move for them. The big pro move was the Jackets getting Provorov and helping Zach Warinsky as being the number two defenseman that this team needs. We still need help in the center realm, in my opinion. And the Jackets then the next two days later on the ninth decided to go after uh, Damian Severson from the Devils and in exchange for a third round pick in this year's draft. So Severson now Damian Severson is a Jacket. Of course, and that's that's a that's a big move for the Jackets right there. But of course, the big move today in the NHL was what happened with Boston. Boston today has signed, has traded Taylor Hall to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a draft for for in exchange for Alec Ragai and Ian Mitchell. But the big one is this: the Hawks acquired also. Nick Felino, who is an unrestricted free agent, they get his contract. Now, Felino's 38 years old. The Hawks have not yet signed him. I think that, you know, the Hawks are going towards the youth route. They're going young. I don't think Felino fits in. I think, I think Chicago, unfortunately, dumps that contract. I would like him to come back to Columbus, in my opinion. He needs to come back, and, you know, 71 needs to go to the Rafters. It needs to go to the Rafters. He led this team, but but that's just me. That's just me. Also, for the Jackets, Jackets also signed Carson Meyer to a one-year, two-way extension between the American Hockey League and the NHL. So that's a signing that they can they can afford to also they signed uh Matthew Olivier to a two-year contract extension too so Olivier stays with the Jackets as well also gotta make mention of this the Jackets released their preseason schedule we're hearing tomorrow the NHL schedule will be released the preseason schedule sees the Jackets with a double dip as they will have a split squad on the 24th of September taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins 
in Pittsburgh at 1 o'clock and then 7 o'clock at Nishawai. And then on the 26th, they're in St. Louis to battle the Blues. And then the 30th of September, they're in Buffalo for a 3 o'clock drop for that one. Then October 2nd, they're at home against St. Louis. On the At home on the 4th against Buffalo. Then on the 5th, they will take on the Washington Capitals for the final dress rehearsal game at home. And then they will head to Washington on the 7th. And the roster will pretty much be set by probably by the 4th to see who will be dressing for the Jackets right there. So there's that. Like I mentioned before, also got to make mention of this. The developmental camp for the Ohio Chiller will be taking place at the Ohio Chiller North from July 2nd through the 5th. And that's where all the draft picks as well as the unrestricted free agents as well as, you know, players that the team has invited to come practice and become a member of the team, they will play in those games in the opportunity to see if they can make the roster. So there is that for you. Also, got to make mention of this as well, too, regarding of all the trades as well. Ryan Johansson, the former Jacket, has been traded to the Colorado Avalanche. That was a big trade right there. And for me, that was a that much of a it was a little bit of a shocker too. Johansson goes from Nashville to Colorado in exchange for Alex Galchenyuk, and that is a pretty move, pretty big move for player for a player right there. Two big players going on their way. So, like I mentioned before, the uh, NHL awards are taking place tonight as we're on the air, so we're not going to dive into that as well. But the big news, of course in the National Hockey League is that the Vegas Golden Knights have won the Stanley Cup. So congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights taking the job done against the Florida Panthers. And, you know, I had I had Boston winning the whole thing this year, and uh, that was out in the first round, and I was just surprised at how good Florida was, you know, beating Boston, beating Toronto, and then beating um, beating Carolina, three good teams. And they, they just rolled... And they're they were dominant, and uh, I'm just very very shocked and very surprised at how good Florida was. You know, led by Sergey Bobrovsky, of course. And um, you know, you know, Florida's becoming the powerhouse, and hopefully that they can sustain this momentum and possibly get themselves back into the Cup final next year. So there's that. And like I mentioned before, uh, the 2023 NHL Draft Show will be taking place. Either later, we're going to either tape it later tonight or probably more towards tomorrow. We'll tape it tomorrow night, and uh, we'll get you what we are looking for, the first round of the draft. Of course, the draft will take place Wednesday night, 7 o'clock in Nashville, Tennessee. As The first round will be on ESPN as well as on Sportsnet. Rounds 2 through 7 will be on ESPN Plus and up in the Canada market, so... There is that for you guys. And that is the Jackets Report right here on All ADL for tonight, right here on the All ADL for Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And now let's hit the diamond. Let's talk some baseball. And let's talk about those Cincinnati Reds because they're feeling hot, hot, hot. Let's talk a little baseball right here on All Andy Elford. And let's start off first and foremost with the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, baby. Let's talk about those Red Lakes. The Reds, of course, in tops, in tops of the National League Central right now. 
riling off 12 wins in a row. And they have won 12 of the last 14 games. Sweep, taking two of three from the Cardinals. Sweeping the Royals. Sweeping the Astros. And then sweeping the Rockies and losing two of three to the Braves. And these these kids are, this is a kid team. This is a young team. And I love seeing this. Dela Cruz is just outstanding. I was afraid, and you heard it here on uh, on our MLB preview show. You heard it on our MLB preview show. Logan was talking about it. I was talking about it. Lucas was talking about it. We were all worried and concerned about you know Dela Cruz coming up here and being too early for him to make the move to come up and move making the move. Ali Dela Cruz making the move coming up here. Making it too quick. In 70 at-bats this year, he is hitting 329, three homers, 10 rivies. His OPS is a 976. The kid's hot. It's a young team. And now you add the return, of course, of one Mr. Joseph Votto. Joey Votto comes back. He's only had 18 bats, plate appearances. He's batting a 278. Three homers, seven ribbies. His OPS is a 1.213. Unbelievable. He, he was so good in Toledo. Even though he struggled, he was so good in Toledo. He, you knew his timing was getting better. You knew his timing was better. After, after the surgeries and after everything, he is getting better. You know, Tyler Stevenson, doing very, very well as well. He's hitting 249, five home runs, 32 ribbies. His OPS is a little sluggish at a 683, but you know that's 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 good for a kid that's not playing every single day. But then you get Jonathan India. India is just this team is a young team, and they're going to be shocking everybody. He's got over 300 plate appearances this year. He's at it, hitting a 264, 10 homers, 40 ribbies. He's stolen 12 bases. His OPS, OPS is a 771. That's just outstanding. In the last seven games, he is, his average is 174. His on-base percentage is a 269. He's had three, four hits. One ribby, two two walks. But if you look at the last thirty days, he's hitting a two twenty four. Unbelievable. And then you get into then you get into the outfielders, of course. You know, freely. They love freely on the on the Bally's broadcast. Three oh nine hitter, four homers. 27 ribbies, on-base percentage of an 847. He's got 12 stolen bases. TJ's doing something good. TJ's doing something good. When they get Hunter Green back in the rotation, it's going to be good. He comes back. Oh, watch out. Watch out. And then you have the Spencer Steer who's rotating between Votto 
and him. He's batting a 277 with an on-base percentage of an 841. He's got 11 homers and 44 ribbies. Cincinnati's got a good farm system. Their farm system is hot. Their farm system's doing well. The team's performing very well. That's why I like what I'm seeing out of the Cincinnati Reds team. And this might be Reg Lake Zelford talking to you here right here. But, you know, the Reds are doing well. They're playing ball tomorrow night. They're in a rain delay right now. They're down 2-1. They've only played into the third inning. If it's, if it rains, if it rains out, then they'll probably play the doubleheader tomorrow. They'll probably have to break up for everything tomorrow. That's flight. So they've got three against Baltimore this week. Then they come back home to play three against San Diego. And then they go to Washington for four. And then Milwaukee for three. And that is a big series. The Milwaukee series is a huge series because Milwaukee is chasing. Chasing Cincinnati right now. Chasing Cincinnati. And then you have the all-star break. And then they come back from the break and they play Milwaukee again for three, four against San Francisco, then three against Arizona. So we're going August 15th and August 16th, two-game series against at home against Cleveland. They end the season at Cleveland on September 26th and 27th. They're in Detroit the 12th, the 13th, and the 14th of September. I'm going to try to make one of those games. But the Reds, they're they're a hot team. They're America's team for a reason. Now let's get into the other team. Let's talk about the little American League. Let's talk about the Tigers. The Tigers are, in the words of MJF, mid. Little mid. They're mid-average. They're hanging in there. There's some good spots out of this team. There's good spots out of this team. They're playing the Texas Rangers this week. And you look at Cabrera. This is Cabrera's last season. He's only had 137 bats, plate appearances. He's got one home run, 10 ribbies. His OPS is a 639, but he's averaging 234. He's just hitting his weight. In his last seven games, he's averages a 235. He has one ribby, five. He has one ribby, four hits. Four strikeouts, five walks. OPS is a 391. His slugging percentage is a 294. So, you know, Cabrera in the end of his season doing all right. Baez is a joke. Baez can't find the find the zone. I'm sorry, but he can't. He's he's hitting at 227. His OPS is a 602. We thought we thought I thought he was going to be dominant. I thought maybe there was an opportunity that this kid has finally found the swing. He's got five homers. He's got 37 driven in. The last seven games, if you look at those last 30 games, he has 122 plate appearances. He has struck out 36. 36 times. In the last seven games, he has struck out four times. His average in the last seven games is averaged at 200. He's got three rubies, five hits, but he's only had 25 at-bats. Not doing well. Not doing well. You know, you look at also, you know, Maton coming back is down. Tyler Nevin got the call up today. You know, Zach Short at third base, you know, Solid hitter. 250, 
four homers, 18 ribbies. His OPS is a 733. You know, Torgelson at first. 220, eight homers, 34 ribbies, OPS, 664. Veering, Verling, 268, 745 OPS, seven homers, 21 ribbies. You know, the Tigers are okay. Scope at second base, you know, he's hitting 202. His OPS is a 540. He's got no home runs, four ribbies. He's had over 100, 115 plate appearances. Come on. Wake it up. Wake it up. But yeah. You know, we'll see we'll see how it all shakes out with the Tigers. Tigers, like I are like I said, are in Texas. They're up 4-1 right now as we're doing the podcast tonight. And if you look at their schedule, they have these three games, four games in Texas. Then they go out to Colorado for three. Day off on the third. Then they have the A's for for the 4th of July, 4th, 5th, and 6th. And then they're hosting Toronto the 7th, 8th, and 9th. And then it's the All-Star break. Then they go out to Seattle for three straight. And then four in Kansas City, three at home against the Padres, the makeup game against San Francisco, and then they have three against the Angels. And then they're three at Miami. Like I mentioned, the Cubs come to Comerica August 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. That's a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The Yankees come to Comerica August 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. So there's that for you. Right there. I want to circle some dates. They end the season October uh, 29th, uh, excuse me, the September 29th, 30th, and October 1st against Cleveland at home. So there's that for you. There is that for you. And speaking of the Guardians, let's talk about the Guardians. The Guardians are, are as usual, not performing well. They're not performing to what Cleveland baseball is. They aren't. If you look at this roster, we're going to start first and foremost with some of the big bats, of course. We're going to start first and foremost with Ramirez. Because that's where your your driving force is going to be. He's at, hitting at 293, 12 home runs, 46 driven in, 6 stolen bases. His OPS is 872. But the last 7 games, he's hitting 345. One home run, four ribbies, three strikeouts, three walks, 10 hits on 29 at-bats. Not bad. Ramirez doing well. You have the Naylor boys in Bo and Josh, both up with the big club. We'll start with Josh. Josh, 291, 10 homers, 57 ribbies, five stolen bases, OPS of an 801. Not bad. Two home runs, seven driven in in the last seven games. His average is a 400 average. Well, let's look at Bo. Bo, just coming up. He's only got 20 at-bats. He's averaging a 150. His OPS is a 377. So it's not bad. Slugging is a 150. 
So, you know, like I said, just coming up. Just coming up. Miles Straw, who's been with the club all season, basically. 248 at-bat appearances. He's hitting a 234. No homers. None. 12 driven in. 10 stolen bases. OPS is a 610. Got to pick it up. Got to pick it up. Got to pick it up. Plain simple. Steven Kwong out of left field. 259. Two homers. 25 driven in. OPS is a 685. In the last seven games, he has struck out four times. His average in the last seven games is a 226. Jimenez at second. 246. Five homers, 28 ribbies, eight stolen bases. OPS is a 692 on base percentage. That's what OPS means. So, OPS. Yeah. Josh Bell. Your DH, 237 homers, 32 ribbies, 704 OBS. Tells you. Tells you right there. So, you know, and the rotation's there. Beaver's there, of course. Their pitching is solid. Class A, closing out games, solid. You know, they have, and when they get Tristan McKenzie back, Fully healthy. Watch out. The Guardians are there. The Guardians are there. So, with that all in mind, let's take a look at the standings. Minnesota is in the front runner in the American League Central at 40 and 39. Cleveland's in second at 37 and 40. They're two games out. Detroit in third at 33 and 43. Five and a half games out. Chicago, 34 and 45. Six games out. Kansas City 22 and 56, 17 and a half games out. The American League East is interesting. Tampa leading the East at 54 and 27. Baltimore right there in second. And Baltimore and Cincinnati playing against each other. That's a huge series. Baltimore 47 and 29, four and a half games out of first place. The Yankees are 43 and 35, nine and a half games out. Toronto 43 and 36, 10 games out. Boston 40 and 39. They're 13 games out of first place in the West. Texas leading in the top spot. They're 47 and 30. Houston is 42 and 36, five and a half games out of first place. You have the LA Angels of Anaheim at 42 and 37, six games out. Seattle 30 and 37 and 39 at nine and a half games out. And the Oakland A's are 20 and 60, 28 and a half games out of first place. You get into the Amer- National League and the senior circuit. The Reds, like I said, holding the top spot in the National League Central at 41-37. and 37. Milwaukee is right there. They just took two of three from the Guardians this past weekend. And now they're a half game out of first place at 40-37. and 37. The Cubs, 37-39, and 39, three games out. Pittsburgh, 35-42, and 42, five and a half games out. And St. Louis is 32-45, and 45, eight and a half games out. Who would have thought it was the Reds that are in first spot and the Cardinals are in last place? And by the way, got to give this. MLB did a shitty job, and I will say this. I will say that word. They did a shitty job 
with this London series, with it being between the Cubs and the Cardinals. They did not promote it well. They did not do a great job with this promotion-wise. They had two nationally televised games on both Fox and on ESPN, and they did shit for ratings because both because they did not promote that this game was being played in London. And this game was against two teams that you know are rivals against each other. They did not do well. They did not, and again, I will say, they did not do well in that situation. So i got to say that right off the bat. In the National League East, Atlanta's holding the top spot at 50-27. and 27. Miami's right there at 45-34, and 34, six games out. The Phillies, Lucas's Phillies, are 40-37, 10 games out. The Mets, 35-42, and 42, 15 games out. And the Nationals are 30 and 47, 20 games out of first place. In the National League West, it's the Diamondbacks holding the top spot. Who would have thought it would be the Diamondbacks in the top spot at 47 and 32? San Francisco 44 and 34, two and a half games out. The Dodgers 43 and 34, three games out. The Padres are 37 and 41, nine and a half games out. And the Rockies at 31 and 49, 16 and a half games out of first place. And I got to say this too. If you watch, so there was a there was the London game on Saturday between St. Louis and the Cubs was at one o'clock our time, six o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock out over in London. It's about five six hour difference. The nightcap games were the Twins and the Tigers, which I thought was a good game, but then I watched a little bit of the highlights of the Houston. The Astros taking on the Dodgers. Let me just say something right now. That series and now those two teams absolutely hate each other. Absolutely hate each other with a passion. And you could tell. You could tell. And and how bad that balk call comes back to haunt. Comes back to haunt the Astros in that game. You know, you got to own up to it. The umpire did not own up to it. Did not up, own up to it. And then you had that same night, the Angels putting a shellacking on the Rockies. 25 to 1. That's not a bet. That's 25 to 1 was the final. Oh, believe Unbelievable. By the way, the Brewers are up 2-1 to one right now on the Mets. Braves up 4-1 on the Twins. White Sox and Angels getting ready to start, as well as the Nationals and the Mariners are getting ready to start. And like I mentioned, the Tigers are now up 4-2 at the end of the fourth inning. Reds and Orioles are in a delay in the third inning with the rain as well. So there is some base, Major League Baseball. Let's dive into the minor leagues really, really quickly. Mud hens have been just absolutely terrible. They've been wishy-washy all season long. They get hot and then they get cold and they get hot and then they get cold. They got a win on Sunday against St. Paul. It was a shortened game because of the storms that rolled in. They won seven to three, but you know the whole series that they played, they just were absolutely terrible. You know they they get a lead and then they just fall apart in the seventh and eighth inning. You know this year's team is not that great. I'll be honest with you. 
Mudhens are 33-41. and 41. They are now off for the next two days. They will then start a series on Wednesday in Columbus, and they'll play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then they'll come back to Fifth Third Field for a six-game series on starting on the 4th of July on Tuesday against the Louisville Bats in that series. 7.05 first pitch on that game on Tuesday night at the Fraction Field. By the way, the standings in minor league baseball. Remember, you win it by half seasons. So you start the new season in halves. Don't believe what I just saw. It said 0-0. Zero, zero. The overall standings look like this. Toledo is second to last in the International League West. In the International League West. They're 30 and 41. They're 15 games out of first place. The Iowa Cubs are the best team at 43 and 30. And then St. Paul is 43 and 31. Louisville is 40 and 33. Nashville is 40 and 34. Omaha 38 and 34. The Memphis Redbirds are 39 and 36. Columbus is 33 and 41. Indianapolis is 33 and 41. And Toledo is 33 and 41. Gwinnett is just the worst team in that division at 33 and 42. You look at the East and Baltimore's farm team in the Norfolk Tides is holding the top spot at 48 and 26. Durham 40 and 35. Worcester is 39 and 36. Lehigh Valley 36 and 37. Charlotte is 35 and 40. Rochester is 34 and 39. Scranton is 34 and 40. Buffalo is 34 and 41. The Mets, the Syracuse Mets are 33 and 41. And the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are 32 and 42. So the Mudhens are, you know, wishy-washy. Like I said, they're wishy-washy. They're hot one minute and then they're cold the next. They're hot and they're cold. They're hot and cold. They're, 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 they are what Katy Perry says. Hot and cold, yes and no. So that's all it's, I'm going to talk about baseball. We're, we'll dive more into that on Thursday when I have Nick the Money Man DeVera. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk all the topics he wants to talk about. Uh, I'll get, actually give you the rundown what he wants to talk about. He wants to be on, talk about the Blackhawks. Of course, we'll talk about the NFC North as well as the American League Central Talk and tips for sports fans that are traveling out to, Las, to, to L.A. So get ready for that on Thursday's edition. All Andy Offer, but you're listening to tonight's edition, the start of the 15th season of All Andy Offer tonight, right here on the All Andy Offer Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Pod with Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's hit the links. Let's talk a little golf. PGA and Live have merged. You hear my take on that here in just a second. And the LPGA and the KMP, KPMG PGA Women's Championship. It was a great tournament. Let's talk about it right now, right here on All Andy Alford. So it's now time to talk a little golf right now, right here on the All Andy Alford Network. And we'll talk about, since we last been on the air with you, of course, was the big announcement that they made that Live Golf, the PGA, has decided to merge with Corn Fury, the Corn Fury Tournament, 
and Live Golf have decided to merge together as one golf unification. It is great to see as a fan. It's great to see as a fan. And for me, as a golf fan, I love seeing this. You're going to see some of the best players combining together to play in great tournaments. Now, the, the, the case to this is that the fact that the PGA has decided to now, after all the criticism, after all the, the bad talking, after all, I'll, I'll say what it is, after all the shit talking that they did of how Live Golf is not going to make it, how they're not going to perform well, and how the, 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 the director of the PGA, you know, basically was saying, how can they do this to those 9-11 victims and blah, 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 blah. Isn't it just weird that they just turn around and just decide to just lay in the bed and just lay in bed together and just become one? Isn't it just embarrassing in that realm? Isn't it just... I'm looking at it as twofold. As the fan and as the business person. As the fan... I think it is just great to see. You're going to see everybody playing with each other. It's going to be great to see these players and these perform these great performers, great golfers come together. You're going to see a Kepka. You're going to see Mickelson. You're going to see all these players. And it sucks to like the McElroys and all those that have paid their dues in the PGA. And you're going to have the live golfers come back into the situation who have made so much money out of this. So much money out of this. And you're not going to get anything out of it. It just absolutely sucks. But as a fan, it's going to grow this game even more. And I love seeing it. I love seeing it. And it's it, it, for me, it's great to see. Absolutely great to see. So, that's just me. That's just me. I want your take on it. How do you feel about that? But we're coming off of a major championship that took place last week in the U.S. Open. And I've got to say this before we get into what the Travelers was last week. Okay, the U.S. Open took place in... Los Angeles Country Club, right there in downtown. Isn't it embarrassing that they only gave, had almost, they, the members screwed the PGA. They screwed the PGA out of it. 9,000 general admission tickets for fans, and most of the members bought those tickets up. Give me a break. That's me saying, that's me saying, if we'll say, Chet, you betcha. Chet, you betcha, who is a, 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 a member of the country club, bought my ticket to see these great golfers and held on to that ticket so that 
I can't come in. They wanted to show that they are the elitist out of that. To that, to those people that did that, to those people that took tickets away from kids who wanted to watch their, these golfers, to the people that, to the adults that wanted to see these great players out there in LA, shame. Absolute shame on that. And it was quiet. You could tell there was no loudness. There was no compassion. The PGA Championship was more entertaining than the U.S. Open. And the U.S. Open is supposed to be one of the best tournaments. Because everybody's open for it. Everybody's open for it. The PGA Championship had more, more fun, more lackluster, more good times. Even my wife enjoyed it. And she always doesn't like watching golf on TV. She tells us it's like watching the grass grow. She enjoyed the PGA Championship more than she enjoyed the U.S. Open. And the U.S. Open did not even draw good ratings out of the whole situation. Because of being on NBC. And it was in prime time. No matter what. Fox struggled with the ratings for U- the U.S. Open, and NBC struggling with the open with the rating with the ratings from the open. You know, I'm just gonna say this: CBS needs to take all the golf coverage. CBS and ESPN, and you know, ABC will take some of the coverage as well. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying it. And, and you had great players, McElroy. Finishes in second at 900 par. Shuffler at 700 par. Ricky Fowler at 500 par. But you have a guy, a no-name by the way, a Wyndham Clark. Wins the whole thing at 10 under par. You know, he did a pretty good damn job. A hell of a job in the U.S. Open. But again, I, it goes back to this again. It's about the fans. It's about growing the game with kids. It's about sponsorships. It's about all that. And how can you do that for the U.S. Open when you can't even let them in the building? And it's as quiet as a mouse there. It's ridiculous. And then we get into last past weekend, which is the Travelers Championship. And you get, it's just a PGA event. And Keegan Bradley, who missed the cut in the U.S. Open, goes to play miniature golf. With his kids over the weekend. Last weekend. He goes out this past weekend. In Cromwell, Connecticut. At TPC River Highlands. And shoots a 23 under par to win the damn thing. Unbelievable. That tells you something. That the game is inconsistent. On solid players. But that's why we love this game so much. Brian Hartland finishes tie for second with Zach Blair at 20 under par. Patrick Kentley at 19 under par as well, too, and Chase Revere as at 19 under par to tied for fourth. As well as Scotty Scheffler tied for fourth as well at 19 under par. Roy McElroy tied for seventh at 18 under par. McCarthy, Justin Thomas, 17 under par as well. Ricky Fowler, 16 under par, too. So they're all sitting there. All sitting there. Just waiting around. So now this week, this weekend, they're up in 
Detroit. At the Detroit Golf Club. Tony Finau, the defending champion. He won last year at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Now, they're having some trouble with that course because we had some severe storms here in the Toledo metro area where we do the podcast. They had storms up in the Detroit area as well, too. Damaged a lot of the stuff on the course. They're working their best to get it all cleaned up to have it ready for Thursday's opening round. So we'll see how that all shakes out. And I'm surprised that they're allowing this tournament to happen because, you know, they had that huge, they had that huge fire that took place at one of the golf courses up there. I don't know if it was Detroit Country Club, but it might have been the other one, but that was a huge fire. So they were worried that they weren't going to be able to do this tournament up in Detroit, but now it looks like they're going to. They're going to be doing the tournament, and we'll start this upcoming Thursday at the Detroit Golf Club on the 29th, which is Thursday. It will go into the July 4th weekend as well. So there's that. Then there will be the John Deere John Deere takes place then after that as well. So looking forward to that. But let's dive into, of course, where you can hear and talk coverage of the LPGA right here on All Andy Elford as it was the KPMG PGA Women's Championship that took place this past weekend in Springfield, Springfield, New Jersey. And it was the young Chinese woman by Yin at 8 under par to win the Women's PGA Championship. She shoots 8 under par, a total of 227 in the four rounds. In second was Yuka Sasso, who I think is an up-and-coming star in the, in the LPGA. She shoots a 7 under par, 277 for the round. In tie for third was Carolyn Segunda at 6 under par, and Anna Northquist at 6 under par, Megan Kang at 6 under par as well. Uh, uh, using Lynn at 600 par 2 and uh, Meadows at set 600 par tie for 3rd tie for 8th were the following players Jenny Shin Rose Zhang as well as Anaka Furu at 5 under par uh, tie for 11th was Leona McGuire the defending player uh, the defending champion for the week before she shot 4 under par she was leading going into the final round final 18 holes and she Unfortunately, finishes tie for 11th at 4 under par. Apollo Delacour, 4 under par as well, too, tie for 11th. Grace Kim finishes in 14th at 3 under par. Jody Anders Standoff as finishing tie for 15th at 2 under par. Kopas finishes 2 under par as well, too. Brooke Henderson finishes tie for 15th at 2 under par. Sarah Schwarzel finishes 2 under par as well, too, as well as Lori Conklin at 2 under par as well, too, tie for 15th. Tie for 20th. Taju Chin at one under par, Lean Grant at one under par, Minji Lee at one under par, Jin Young Ko at one under par, two. Tie for 20, tie for 24th, Mel Reed at even par, uh, Steen at even par as well, too. Inji Chung is at even, was at even par, Mia Haragai at even par, tie for 24th as well, too. Uh, Angel Yin at one over par, tie for 30th, uh, Hedsel at one over par, two. Cheyenne Knight, one over par, two. As well as Celine Bautier at one under par two. She finishes tie for 30th as well as, well as Leanne Pace at one over par as well too. Danielle Kang tie for 39th, three over par. Uh, other notables, Nasa Hadakor finishes tie 47th at four over par. Lexi Thompson four over par as well too. Tie for 47th. Uh, Jin Lee six four over par. 
tied for 47th as well, too. Uh, Stackhouse, 5 over par, tied for 52nd. Liddy Co tied for 57th at 6 over par with Leanna Strom as well as Gina Kim. Mira Fossey, 7 over par, tied for 61, 61st with, uh, with uh, Alexia Pinot as well. Hannah Green tied for 68th at 8 over par. Stacey Lewis tied for 71st at 9 over par with Skoll. At 74th was Annie Park. 75th was Thomas. Uh, Ascroft, 14 over par, tied for 76th. Uh, players that missed the cut, Paula Ritu. Uh, let's see here. Jennifer Cupcho. Uh, Georgia Hall. Allison Emery. Emma Talley. Ryan O'Toole. Gabby Lopez. Misses the tour. Nelly Corda missed the cut as well. Charlie Hall missed the cut as well. So there is all that for you as the as the Chinese Ryu Yin eight under par wins the KMPG Women's PGA Championship. Now they will have a week off, and then. July 6th through the 9th, they will head to beautiful Pebble Beach for the U.S. Women's Open that will take place at Pebble Beach. And then July 13th through the 16th, it is our turn, Northwest Ohio. It is our turn to welcome the golfers as it will be the Dana Open in beautiful Sylvania, Ohio. And by the way, got to give credit, give you guys this information. The golf... To watch to watch this, it will be on Golf Channel, on the streaming apps, on the thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, from three p.m. to six p.m. Then they will tape. It's a taped. Then on the thirteenth and fourteenth on Golf Channel, that will be aired live from seven thirty to nine thirty at night. On the fifteenth, I mean on the sixteenth, they will be on the air on on the. NBC Sports app from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern and then taped again on, uh, by the way, on the 15th, it'll be from 3 to 6 and then on the 15th, it'll be taped from 8 to 10 p.m. And then on the 16th, like I mentioned before, on the NBC Sports app from 2 to 3 p.m. and then from 2 to 5 p.m., it will be locally on the air on CBS. That will be on the national network, CBS from 2 to 5 on in Toledo will be on WTOL. So there's that for you. Uh, by the way, course conditions, uh, the green speed is 11.5 to 12, which is average. Rough height is 2.5. Uh, the grass type is uh, POA, bent, rough, bluegrass, and ryegrass. So like I said, the defending champion is Gabby Lopez. She finished 18 under par for the championship last year. After the Dana Open, they'll head up the road to Midland, Michigan for the Dow Invitational that will take place on the 19th or the 22nd, and then they will head over to France, over to the, over across the pond to France for the Evian, and then the Scottish Open, and then the Women's Open. After that, then they'll have the ISA Handa World Invitational. Then they'll go to Canada, the KPKC Women's Open, and then they'll come back to the States for the Portland Open August 31st through September 3rd, and then September 7th through the 10th, 
They're back in Ohio as that will be the Kroger Queen Cities Championship, which is the final play before the long break before the Solheim Cup that will take place in Spain this year. So there is that for you guys. And by the way, the, the final championship, the CNE Globe Tour Championship, will happen November 16th to the 19th in Naples, Florida. So again, they're on break now. They'll come back and go to the Pebble, beautiful Pebble Beach to play in the U.S. Women's Open. And then it's our turn in Northwest Ohio for the the LPGA Dana Open that will take place at Highland Meadows Golf Course in beautiful Sylvania, Ohio. We will have all the coverage for you right here on All Andy Elford starting on Wednesday for our special preview edition as we'll look at the field going in and you'll hear what I, I, I think my prediction will be. Also, we will then, on Thursday, we'll be on the course. It'll be yours truly as well as good friends, my good friend Logan Carr will be joining me on the golf course as we will get you set up for the week ahead for Thursday's, Thursday's action. Friday will be cut day. We will be again at the ninth hole to do all Andy Elford to give you the roundup and see who is going to be playing for the weekend. Saturday, it will be our good friend Logan Carr taking over the position for yours truly, as I will be out of town on Saturday. I'll be stepping out of the booth and giving Logan his opportunity to be, become a broad, become a broadcaster and a podcaster, as he will be giving you coverage for Movement Day on uh, Movement Day on Saturday, Setup Day on Saturday, to see who's going to be playing for Championship Sunday. I will be back at the helm on the ninth hole on Sunday to give you the championship coverage for you right here on All Andy Alford. So for all your coverage of the Dana Open, you can all visit us on our Twitter, which is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. And then for more up-to-the-minute stats on the LPGA, visit LPGA.com or download the LPGA app. Tickets are available. You can go on to DanaOpen.com, uh, DanaOpen.org for ticket information. They got the two-for-one grounds pass. Highly worth it, highly valuable. Definitely get those tickets. And remember, all the tickets, all the money for the tickets goes to the charitable donations. And it goes to the it's a hundred percent charitable donation. And they'll go to the charity of your choice. As you're listening to a special uh, as you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight, right here on the All Andy Alford Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever. And whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's hit, we're heading to the end of our program tonight. And it's now time for Andy Rance. So it's now time for Andy Rance tonight. And I want to, again, thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. And thank you for celebrating tonight's first episode of our 15th anniversary, 15-year anniversary edition of All Andy Alford tonight right here on the All Andy Alford Network. And if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on the Spotify Podcast Network with the All Andy Elford Network. So I was going to talk a little basketball. Of course, I want to congratulate the Denver Nuggets on winning the NBA championship as well. I wanted to talk also a little bit about uh, the NASCAR race that took place in Nashville. But, you know, the big story for me out of this is two things. One... Uh, us celebrating 15 years together. Uh, again, I thank you for giving me these, this opportunity to 
listen to what I have to say about sports, what I'm, what I'm giving you, all the information and everything like that. I want to thank you for that. Thank you for everything you have done. I know a lot of you, a lot of the listeners listen to me on the streets as well as listen to me while they're working out or they're getting their store ready or their, the restaurants ready. Uh, to all those, again, thank you. Thank you for the bottom of my heart for listening to the um, listening to the podcast tonight. And thank you for listening for all these years. I, I truly am appreciative. And I am so thankful and grateful for you guys. So I love when I say I love you guys, I really do mean it. I really do love you guys. And I thank you, thank you, thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it so highly. So tonight, um, I wanted to get into this. On July 1st at the Glass Bowl, there is going to be an event that will be taking place. It is the Italian Bowl. As it is the first time the Italian Football League will be playing its football, football, like pro football game outside the United States. It is their technical Super Bowl that will take place at the Glass Bowl. It's sponsored by Marcos. It's sponsored by like so many different businesses and everything like that. Tickets are $15 a piece. And they are hoping to sell out the glass bowl for this event. As of right now, the glass bowl seats 22,000 people. You want to guess how many seats they have sold for this event? About 10,000. 10,000. To those people that purchase those seats for ten, those ten thousand people that purchase the seats, you do realize that you will not know any of these players. They are not ex NFL players, not XFL football players, not uh, USFL football players. These are Italian-born people playing an American game. And I'm gonna be honest, and I, I that's why this is called Andy Rants because I'm being honest, being about open, being about everything that it is. I think this is the stupidest thing that the city has ever done to bring this in. You could have went out and tried to make the bid for a World Cup game. You could have went out and made the bid to you know. I am a big component, and I will be. I will say this right now. In Orlando, where the Solar Bears are playing at, in the East Coast Hockey League, they're going to have an exhibition game between the Florida Panthers, the Eastern Conference champion, Florida Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Why couldn't we get the Columbus Blue Jackets to play the Detroit Red Wings in an exhibition game at the Huntington Center? What, a few years ago, we had the Cleveland Monsters come to play Grand Rapids, and they even played down in Bowling Green at the, at the Ice Arena. I was there for that game. I was there for the game at the Huntington Center between the Monsters and Grand Rapids. And you're telling me the city gets the Italian 
bull. The Italian bull. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but no. Absolutely not. This is, this, this, I know Wade is doing his job and trying to promote, but this is not, it's supposed to bring in money for the city. It's supposed to bring in money for, for the hotels, everything like that. We're getting more people for the Jehovah Witness conferences than we are getting for, than we're going to get for the, for the damn Italian football championship game. And then they market it as, well, after the game, stay and watch the downtown fireworks from from the glass bowl. You're going to watch the downtown fireworks. How, how can you see the downtown fireworks? The glass bowl is over by Ottawa Hills. On the definite west side of Toledo. How can you see the downtown fireworks from there? Now, don't get me wrong. Some of the some of the benefits of it, I I, I like. Like they're going to do the Toledo Night Market there, and I know people that run there that are going to be a part of that. I'm for that. You know, being an Italian market next to the Italian, but for the love of God, you've only sold ten thousand seats. How embarrassing is it going to be? And if it does rain, like they're projecting, it's supposed to rain on Saturday. How many seats are actually going to be there? How many people are actually going to go? When you're selling general mission seats for fifteen dollars, this game, you should be selling general mission seats for five. And if you want to sit on the ends, twenty bucks. You fill that building up in a heartbeat. Be cheaper than going to a UT football game. I'll tell you that much. I will tell you that much. I, I I think this is such a lapse of judgment. I don't like it. I don't like the Italian bowl. And it, here's the thing too. Buckeye Cable has been promoting this game so much. And they've been showing these teams on BCSN. But here's the thing. 30% of the area covers Buckeye. 30%. So, between the 70%, that's for Dish. That's for DirecTV. That's uh, AT&T. That's all the other... And, and people who cut the cord, raise a hand. Or using just digital, raise a hand. Who are watching using streaming devices, raise your hand. They're not watching... Italian football. We're not watching. It's more important to just. If I was Wade, I try my best to get you know put my dollars into helping the walleye getting the EC, getting NHL uh, exhibition game here or have the get the Savannah Bananas to come here because they're going to Akron and to Indianapolis, but they don't come to Toledo. They could have gotten that. Uh, or how, how about this? I'll give you this. Why doesn't the city just give their money, give the money up to back to Prometica so they can get more concerts for downtown so they can get better acts? Because Prometica is just putting on their all their concerts all through the month of July and then one in August and then that's it. Because the city because the city decided that they don't want to give out money because Prometica because you know 
for some odd reason, Hermetica asked for more money from the city to help out with these live events, and the city said, no, why not? If we could get $22 million to fix up the junction neighborhoods and the twenty and and to fix up and put lighting and and new bridges and and, and light up everything. Why can't we fix the mo- give money over to Prometica so we can get better talents to come to the downtown area to watch to, to perform? I mean, four or five concerts from Prometica when last year alone we had almost every other night, every other Friday and Saturday night we had a concert from from Memorial Day. To Labor Day, and you're telling me we that that we took that money and we're investing into Italian football. Give me a break. I hope it rains. I hope it's an embarrassment for for the city in that realm because the Italian Bowl is not what the city wants. They want good talent. They want good events to come to the city. This isn't a good event. This isn't, and I will be honest with you, it isn't a good event. I mean, the Italian football, that that right there tells you right there. It, and I, I know I'm going to get that critique, I'm going to get that ridicule, but, you know, when I see that, I turn off the TV. I'll go outside and I'll, I'll go for a walk, I'll read my magazine, I'll go something else. If I'm really desperate to watch football and I'm watching... Italian football in the city. I mean, get the USFL championship game here. Get the XFL championship game here. Get something else. But the Italian football game that's sponsored by Marcos, that's sponsored by Sofos, that's sponsored by all the Italian stuff that's in the... Give me a break. Give me a break. This this is going to fall flat on the face of Wade and all those that tried their best. I, I just don't I, I don't see the big point in in the Italian Football League having their their quote unquote Super Bowl here. Are they gonna have a halftime performance? Who's the half who's the halftime performance? Mario and Luigi for the Super Mario Brothers? Who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be the the three tenors? Because the three tenors are dead. Is it gonna be uh 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 oh my god. Uh Andrea Bocelli? No. Is it going to be, who's the halftime performance? Just going to say that. So, that's Andy Rance. The Italian football championship in the city of Toledo. whoop de doo Somebody just burned the, burned the bread out of the bakery. It's pointless. Absolutely pointless. That's all Andy Elford tonight. We'll be back on the air with our special guest, Nick the Money Man DeVera, on Thursday as we will preview the weekend ahead as well as talk a little bit more in-depth on some more sports, of course. But uh, can't wait for you to join us on the ride for this 15th season of All Andy Elford right here on the All Andy Elford Network. So until I talk to you guys on Thursday, this is Andy Elford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets. Go Walleye. 
Go Reds. Go Tigers. Go Hens. Go Guards as well. And go Falcons. Because victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat and more birdies and less bogeys. That's for sure. I love you guys. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday for another edition of All in the Free. I love you, babe. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network right here on Spotify. You have listened to the show on the plethora of platforms, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen to the show and whenever you listen to the show, thank you so much for tuning into the show. As always, you can follow our show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as Facebook.com. All, all sports lines are provided by Barstool Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit GamblingCenter.com. The podcasts are recorded right here on Spotify.